0: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
0: Sonic Summerstock Playhouse!
2: This way, Mr. Alt. Ah, yes. Thank you very much. The marquee is bright. The doors are shiny. Well, I was polishing them all last week. And everyone from the valet to the concession stand works to the ushers are in their red bellboy uniforms with gleaming brass buttons. Ah, and the lobby. Wow. Ah best find my seat yeah excuse me yep yep if you could just thank you yep no i know i'm sorry please madam please don't do that thank you yep i'm just up yep next one thank you well in tonight's inaugural performance we have pete lutz and the narada radio company coming back with an episode of nero wolf the armchair oversized detective who appeared in several incarnations on radio, not the least of which were the 26 episodes from 1943 to 44, starring the amazing Sydney Greenstreet as Mr. Wolf and created by Rex Stout. And, and now we begin with Mr. Lutz on the stage.
3: Greetings, friends, and welcome to the 2018 Summerstock Playhouse. My name is Pete Lutz, the producer and director of the Narada Radio Company, coming back for our fourth year of making all-new interpretations of classic old-time radio programs. And once again, I'm proud to provide the opening salvo of this year's festival. What we have for you tonight is the first of four offerings from the Narada Radio Company, and it's a very special one to us a recording of a live performance in March of this year to help raise money for a local playhouse that sustained major damage by Hurricane Harvey almost a year ago. What you're about to hear is an episode of the new adventures of Nero Wolfe entitled Stamped for Murder, and we think it turned out pretty good. There is one blooper from our sound person, which I'm sure you'll catch as soon as it happens. I could have edited it out, but I didn't because it's a perfect example of actors who are ready for this sort of thing. And it's what happens next that matters. So enjoy our show, and we hope you'll come back again and again in the weeks to come to hear all of the Sonic Summerstock offerings. Thank you. you. <laughs>
4: here on NBC.
5: My boss is the smartest and the stubbornest, the fattest and the laziest, the cleverest and the craziest, the most extravagant detective in the world, Nero Wolfe.
4: It's the adventure of Stamped for Murder with that brilliant eccentric private detective orchid fancier and gargantuan gourmet Nero Wolfe starring Sydney Greenstreet. This segment of our program is brought to you by the Kung Fu Movie Draft House screening cheesy martial arts films in a dark smoky bar. 24 hours a day. And Candwell's Well's Cheese Atomic Soup. Remember tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich on cold winter days? Candwell's brings back those memories by bringing you the only tomato soup with little chunks of grilled cheese sandwich already in it. <laughs> Pick up some Canned soon. And now, back to the new adventures of Nero Wolfe.
0: Instructions for this morning, Archie.
3: Your notebook, please. First, Mr. Salzenbeck. inform him that the Long Island peafowl he sent were most unsatisfactory. Peafowl's breast flesh is not sweet and tender unless it is well protected from all alarms, especially from the air, to prevent nervousness. Long Island is full of airplanes. Look, Mr. Wolf. I shall want a dozen chickens that have been raised on blueberries and a fresh-killed lamb for tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Wolf, please listen. There's... Mr. Goodwin, be quiet. And then dinner on the following day becomes a problem.
5: Mr. Wolf, dinner any day is going to be a problem if we don't pay Sossinbeck's bill. Then pay it. With what? The bank
3: account's empty. Ridiculous. There were $4,000 yesterday.
5: Yeah, but you bought that shipment of orchid bulbs from Lionel Gutner. Mr. Wolf, we need money. You've got to stop eating and drinking beer long enough to earn some. Fooey, you're an alarmist. Will you, for the love of heaven, stop turning down clients and turn an honest dollar? Uh, I got a couple of prospects right outside the door.
3: Send them away. No, sir. Send them away. Tell them I've gone to Egypt. Nothing doing, sir. Confound you, Archie. Obey orders. Send them away. Mr. Rodman, come in, please.
5: Of course.
3: Confound you, Archie. You're mutinous.
5: Yes, sir, and you're stuck with it. Uh, This is Miss Gloria Kent
3: and Mr. Rodman.
5: How do you do? They arrived as advertised with a pressing problem.
3: Good morning. You people are here by sufferance only. I shall speak to Mr. Goodwin about it later. Yes, indeed. I know my pressing problems, Miss Kent. What are yours?
1: My father.
3: In need of a court of domestic relations, Miss Kent? What does your father do? Beat you? Withhold your earnings? Discourage your suitors? Mr. Goodwin should have informed you. This office does not undertake cases involving marital or family problems.
1: But that's not the... If
3: Mr. Goodwin had not been beguiled by your pretty face, he might have warned you and avoided this embarrassment to you and annoyance to me. Now, now,
5: now, now. Take it easy. Take it easy how many times have I told you you don't know how to handle women?
3: Then suppose you let Miss Kent handle me.
1: Well, well it's simply this, Mr. Wolfe. I had some money my mother left me. My father's just spent it without my permission. I want it back without a scandal.
3: Facts, Miss Kent. How much? How spent?
1: $10,000. Father bought a treasure map.
3: Indeed. From whom?
1: A pair of swindlers named Cross and Hellick. They've driven him crazy talking about fortune salvage from the SS this and the SS that. He's he got a map and old letters he studies. He's childish.
3: Many fortunes have been recovered. Many more to wait on the sea bottom. How do you know your father has been duped? Well, I know. You do, Mr. Rodman? Yes.
2: Cross and Halleck bought some old letters from me, written by my grandfather from Hawaii. They used them to manufacture the map and evidence. That's... What they sold to Kent.
1: Father thought he was being so clever. He had the paper analyzed. Of course, the document research laboratory said the letters were genuine. They were. But something new had been added. I'd never known if Mr. Rodman hadn't told me.
3: You were a party to the swindle, Mr. Rodman? I was not.
2: I never knew what they were up to.
1: <laughs> Mr. Wolf, you've got to help me. I can't do anything with Father. I can't convince him. Even Mr. Rodman can't...
3: No, Miss Kent. I'm sorry. This is not for me.
1: But you must. You must. I...
3: Not in my office, madam. No tears. Please. Please, Archie, stop her.
5: Okay, okay.
3: Archie, when Miss Kent has finished her disgraceful exhibition, show them out. How dare he walk out of here on
2: us like he was some sort of...
3: Easy, easy, easy. Look.
5: I know him, I know him, and you don't. Uh, He gets into a panic when women cry, or else he's curious about what Fritz is cooking for lunch. (laughs) Now, just a minute, please. (laughs) Oh, aren't you ashamed of yourself, walking out like that on that poor kid?
3: That hysterical gamma...
5: She's lost all of her money. She needs help.
3: I charge high fees, Archie. So charge a small fee. Do you want her to starve? Good heavens. Starve? How monstrous.
5: I'm not kidding. While you'll be in here smelling your dinner, she and her father will be starving. I thought you
3: were bringing me a paying client.
5: Well, this is different. She's, um... Beautiful.
3: Archie, you're impossible. Oh, very well. Go back into them. Get names, addresses, facts. I am not committed to Mrs. Kent's case, but we'll see. Be a tribute I pay for your weakness for a pretty face.
5: Rodman and Gloria Kent were gone, however, so all I had were the few facts they'd given me before they met with Wolf. I felt guilty about that when he came back into the office and sat down in his specially built chair. He closed his eyes and I glared at him. Well, how much of you is awake? Mr. Wolf? Well, they disappeared. Did you tell me you were going to help that girl just to get her out of the office, or did you mean it? You're a gadfly. No, sir, no, sir. You made a promise, and you're going to stick with it. What did you
3: get from Rodman?
5: Name, address, occupation. He's a librarian, that's all.
3: Very careless, Archie. You missed the significant point.
5: Such as? uh...
3: How did Rodman discover the letters he sold were being altered by forgery and used for swindle? How did he locate the duped Mr. Kent?
5: Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I'll ask him next time, but uh, what about now? Are you going to get Gloria's money back?
3: I assume you call Miss Kent Gloria solely in order to annoy me. It does. Stop it. Get Cross and Halleck.
5: On my way. You'll find
3: them at the Hotel Bogard. Aha! Uh-huh. Wrong, sir. According to my notes, their address is... Never mind the address. The Hotel Bogard is the headquarters for successful confidence tricksters. They celebrate their victories there while the money lasts. You will possibly find Cross and Halleck drinking whiskey or lunching. Probably both.
5: I located Cross and Halleck in the hotel bar and lured them back to the place on 35th Street. Wolf was sitting behind his desk with his hands crossed on his impressive middle at peace with his lunch and the world when I ushered them in. He set bolt upright and scorched me with a look. Uh, Good afternoon, Mr. Wolf. Uh, The tall one's name is Cross. The short one is Halleck. They, um... And they want to help me invest my money. Gentlemen, Mr. Nero Wolf.
4: Huh? What? Who? Nero Wolf? Hey, what is this?
3: Confound you, Archie. How drunk are they? Not too drunk for business.
4: Let's get out of here. Come on. Yeah, the dirty, shill duck decoy. Wait a minute.
3: You want me to keep him here, Mr. Wolf? Not by violence, Archie. Come back here, gentlemen. Unless you want seven years in the state penitentiary.
4: Unless what? You got nothing on us. Nothing on us, Wolf. Nothing.
3: I have the Kent case.
4: The Kent case? <laughs> oh, that's a laugh. We're sitting pretty. Sitting pretty.
3: You are not, sir. You imagine you possess legal immunity. Mr. Kent believes you're a grotesque balderdash and will not sue for fraud. Miss Kent cannot sue because she is reluctant to accuse her father of wrongfully obtaining her money. Ergo, you think you are invulnerable. Now listen! But you forget me. I'm a detective with a fee to earn. A big fee. Quiet, Archie. I am determined to get that fee. Therefore, as Miss Kent's agent, I can and will bring action against you. I'm indifferent to her tears or her father's disgrace. I'm indifferent to anything outside of money. You will return the $10,000 to me at once, sir, or you will be in jail by morning.
4: You mean that?
3: I do, Mr. Cross.
4: Halleck? Yeah? Come here.
3: Come on, hurry. Uh,
4: okay. Here, Mr. Wolf. Halleck and I have decided we don't want to get in any trouble with you. Here's your ten grand.
5: Ah, oh, let me have it.
4: Give the dough to Kent, Mr. Wolf. And get the letters and map back for us. You've got a reputation for being tricky, but honest. And we trust you. Come on, Alec. Let's go. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, how about that?
3: Preposterous.
5: No, sir, take a look. Ten thousand dollars, genuine
3: coin of the realm. That man Cross is a fool. Does he imagine I am to be fooled so easily? What do you mean? He left the money. He surrendered too quickly, Archie. Too easily. And that money in the envelope he was carrying, all ready to refund. Why? Well,
5: maybe he's got a better sucker. I heard him mention a Ben Sanford.
3: Nonsense. Does he need Kent's forged letters and map to cheat this Ben Sanford? Couldn't he prepare another set?
5: I guess you're right. Something's fishy.
3: In any event, it's no concern of mine, thank heaven. Why not? I'm not committed to Miss Kent in any way. As a favor to you, I undertook to regain her money. I have done that. You may take it back to her and obtain the forged papers in return.
5: But, uh... Silence,
3: Mr. Goodwin. Go to your red-haired charmer. Leave me in peace. I intend to spend this afternoon with my new world atlas.
4: This segment of our program is brought to you by the Hooray Television Network, now showing the hit reality series The Real Lunch Ladies of CCISD. (laughs) And coming soon from repellent pictures, she's part spider, part deadly snake, and all badass politician. From the people who brought you Triskaidekaphobia, she's (laughs) Lisa. And now... Back to the new adventures of Nero Wolf.
5: I left Mr. Wolf 3,000 miles up the Amazon with his atlas and magnifying glass. I drove up to East 69th Street. The Kent house was a broken down little brownstone, and as I went up the stoop, the door opened and Gloria Kent burst out like a skyrocket. Gloria, this. Miss Kent, easy, easy. Let go of me. What's wrong? What's wrong? Let go. Hey. Nothing's wrong. Nothing at all. How about seeing your father?
1: You want to see my father? Come inside. For, For the love of heaven, what? Come inside, Mr. Goodwin. I'll introduce you. He's in a back room. Come right through the living room.
5: What else came through this living room? A hurricane?
1: No, Mr. Goodwin, something else. There's my father, Mr. Goodwin. What in the dev?
5: He's dead. His throat's been cut.
1: Father, this is Archie Goodwin from Nero Wolf's office and his boss refused to help while he could. Maybe he can help you now. Stop it. All I'm good
5: for now is revenge, that's all. Stop it, stop it and look at me. When did it happen? I don't know. When did you find him?
1: Just now.
5: Keep looking at me. Who went through this house like a hurricane? You? No. Where did you go after you left the office?
1: To the laboratory. What lab? Document research. The the place that checked the map.
5: And how long were you there?
1: Until an hour ago. I, I was with Mr. Rodman.
5: Keep looking at me. And then?
1: I I had lunch. With Rodman? Alone. And then I came home.
5: All right. All right. Now listen to me. I want you to go to Mr. Wolf's house right now. Do you have cabs there? Yes. All right. take a cab. I've got to stay here, but I'll call Mr. Wolf and tell him you're on your way. Now get. I called Wolf, told him everything, and he instructed me to advise Inspector Kramer, who arrived with the homicide squad. I gave the inspector everything while the squad photographed and measured, print dusted and detected. At 3.30, Kramer took me back to the house on 35th Street for a fight with Wolf.
6: It's a great story, Wolf. Great. Kent buys a phony treasure map. Everybody knows it's phony except Kent. But Cross and Halleck try to buy it back, and Kent gets himself moited.
3: Did you find the map and letters in the house, Inspector?
6: No. No, I didn't.
3: The killer was after the map.
6: The phony map? Certainly. Why?
3: Well, if we knew that, we would know why Cross and Halleck so willingly paid back the money, and why Kent was murdered.
6: Hey, uh, maybe it's not phony. I'd better see the girl now.
3: Oh, you fancy her for the murder?
6: Well, I'll know after I ask her a few questions.
3: Tonight, she's had a shock, Mr. Kramer. She needs rest.
6: Look, Wolf, I warn her.
3: Why bother with her when there's so much to be done?
6: Yes, such as? Cross
3: and Halleck, find them. And the mystery man they spoke of, Ben Sanford. He's the man you want now, not this poor, overwrought girl.
6: Uh, All right. The girl will be here for questioning tonight, though, huh?
3: Tonight, Mr. Kramer.
6: Okay. You'll hear from me later on.
5: <laughs> well, you buffaloed him out of that. Uh, say, uh, why didn't you want her questioned?
3: Is she guilty? I don't know.
5: Well, you know, what did she say when she got here?
3: She said nothing. She never arrived.
5: She never what?
3: She never arrived. Uh,
5: well, then why did you tell Kramer she was resting?
3: Would he have believed the truth? Foi, she must be found. More important, we must learn why forged letters and a forged map have produced this turmoil.
5: Now, well, find the killer and you find the map. You said so.
3: I said the reverse, which is an altogether different statement. Archie, I want a photograph of that map. Get it.
5: Oh, sure, sure. Uh, any particular camera you want me to use?
3: You'll find the photograph at 200 Vanderbilt Street.
5: Are you kidding?
3: A lab cannot check the authenticity of old papers without photographing them in ultraviolet light, infrared light, and so on. If this document research lab has examined those papers, they will have photographs. Get them.
5: He got out of his chair and waddled back to the house elevator. It was four o'clock in time for his regular afternoon session with his orchids. I drove down to the document research laboratory on Vanderbilt. And got such a shock that I grabbed the office phone and dialed Wolf at once. Mr. Wolf, Archie here.
3: What's the matter? Are you lost?
5: No, sir, no, sir. But I found something. Photographs? No, Mr. Wolf. I don't think you'll ever see any photographs of the Kent map. I don't think any were ever taken.
3: Indeed.
5: Uh, but guess who runs the Document Research Laboratory? No, 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 no. Don't guess. You probably know. A man named Ben Sanford, and he's sitting right looking at me.
3: Bring him home with you.
5: Home? But it's four o'clock in the afternoon. This is the sacred hour when you pray over your orchids.
3: Then Mr. Sanford can join the ceremony.
7: Hey, how about this place?
5: How about it? There must be a million flowers up here. <laughs> no, not flowers. Orchids only. Mr. Wolf has 10,000 plants.
7: <laughs> never saw anything like
5: it. And you never will again, brother. Hey, uh, what uh, what kind is that on the bench? Oh, that, that's our pride and joy. Oh, uh, doesn't
3: Blossom,
5: Above them, the... Um, and the pink ones are...
3: Theologian
5: Ponderatus. And now the large object mulching flower pots is.
3: Zero Wolf.
5: Mr. <laughs> Wolf, uh, Ben Sanford.
3: Good afternoon, sir.
7: Hi. I came along to be obliging, but I got nothing to say about anything.
3: How much have you offered Cross and Halleck for their treasure map?
7: No comment.
3: Mr. Sanford, I'm going to make some assumptions. I assume that you are not, in fact, a document expert, but an accessory to the fraud of Halleck and Cross.
7: No comment.
3: And that you actually prepare fraudulent maps for those swindlers, and then, in the guise of an expert, guarantee their authenticity.
7: No comment. But
3: this you must answer. You did guarantee the authenticity of the map and letters Kent bought. It's on record. All
7: right, I did.
3: Then you admit they were forged?
7: What? Are you a comic? No.
3: You guarantee the value of the Kent map? Yes. As an expert... Yes? Then you've convicted yourself of murder.
7: Murder? What is
3: this? Mr. Kent was murdered, sir, evidently for the map and letters he bought. But of all the persons involved, you alone believe in the value of the map. No one else does. Therefore, you alone would have murdered Kent for the map.
7: Well, for the lover. Now, wait a minute.
5: Wait a minute. <laughs> Chew it over, brother. Chew it over. Either way, he's got you. Okay, okay. You you want me to level? Here it is.
7: Level, Archie?
5: Oh, okay, boss. That's thief type talk. It means tell the truth. It's like you say, the letters were bought from
7: Rodman. I forged the map and evidence on them. I guaranteed them to Kent, but it was a swindle.
3: The letters are without value?
7: Oh, oh sure. They're old. That's all. From 1851. Just tired family gossip and
3: stuff. Indeed. Here we have the problem again, Archie. Mr. Kent is swindled with a map and letters that are known to be worthless. He alone believes the fantasy of the treasure.
7: There isn't any treasure. Never was.
3: Yet Cross and Halleck refunded the swindled money so eagerly. It is obvious they want those worthless documents back badly. Someone else wants them so bad he murders Mr. Kent. Why? I don't know. Archie, we must find the girl. There's a chance she turned to Mr. Rodman for refuge. I'm sorry. You'll have to go there at once. If the girl isn't there, bring Rodman.
5: Yes? Uh, Hello, Rodman. Uh, Remember me. I'm Archie Goodwin from Nero Wolfe's office. Oh, Oh, yes, of course. Uh, I came to get Gloria Kent. Uh, there's been a change in plans. Uh, tell her to come out, please.
2: Gloria? Well, she's not here. Why should she be?
5: Oh, haven't you heard? Heard what? Well, I guess she'd better come down to see Wolf.
2: Uh, Mr. Goodwin, I'm afraid I can't. I'm rather busy.
5: Look, Rodman, uh, maybe you ought to know. Old man Kent was murdered. What? what? Yes. Uh, yes, just after you and Gloria left us. Kent murdered, well, uh,
2: well, this is awful, Mr. Goodwin. It's
5: yeah, you want to see Mr. Wolf now? Uh, get your
2: hat murdered I, oh, believe me, I, I never wanted this i I'm going to tell Nero Wolf the whole mess, every word of it,
5: okay, then, come on, let's
2: go, uh, yes, of course, just a minute, I'll get my hat in the bedroom murdered, Kent. I...
5: Come on, Rodman. Come on, Rodman, come on. What? I don't hear you. Oh, Rodman. What the? What?
0: Next,
4: this segment of our program is brought to you by the United States Treasury, distributors of
3: America's finest money since 1789, and mutual of home.
4: Providing spiritual insurance for your past, your present, and your future since 500 B.C. And now, back to the new adventures of Nero Wolf.
5: Come on,
3: come on. This is Nero Wolf.
5: Archie here. Uh, We've had a tough break. Yes? Uh, While I was waiting for Rodman at the front door, uh, he went into the bedroom to get his hat. The killer was there. How do you know? He he cut Rodman's throat. Tell him? Uh, The the back window is open. It's the ground floor apartment. Uh, He was out and gone before I had a chance.
3: Archie, where were your wits? Uh,
5: Let me alone. I've had a man murdered 20 feet from me. You think I'm cheering?
3: Mr. Kramer is here and he has news for us, Archie. He could not locate Cross and Halleck in their apartment. They had not been home all day. The maid informed him that she was waiting for her weekly salary.
5: Well, so what?
3: She was most angry and peppery, Mr. Kramer informs me.
5: Red pepper?
3: Exactly.
5: Okay, okay. Maybe I know what you mean. I'll try to deliver the goods this time. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. I drove down to the apartment house on Gramercy Square, where Cross and Halleck lived. Took the elevator up to the 10th floor, found the right door, and slipped in with a pass key. Come on out. Come out, wherever you are. I know you're in here. Uh, you fooled Kramer pretending to be the maid, but you didn't fool Wolf. You'd better... Gloria! Gloria, cut it out! Cut it out, you idiot! Lay off! Archie! Archie, you dope! Archie Goodwin from Nero Wolf's office, remember me! Let me go! Give me that gun, Gloria! Give it to me! That's right. Who did you think I was? Halleck. Oh, brilliant. So, Wolf figured you out, huh? Well, you are a brave girl. They killed your father. You came up here and waited for them. You were going to kill them right back, huh? Oh, that red-headed temper. And you bluffed Kramer into thinking you were the maid?
1: I had to do something. It was the only thing I could think of to come here and kill them.
5: Well, you're coming home with Archie. And just remember one thing. When Wolf's working for you, don't try to do any thinking. It only gets in Wolf's way. got Gloria Kent back to the house at 7 o'clock. I parked the car brought her into the office and got the shock of my life. Well, there was a convention going on. Wolf was there with Inspector Kramer representing the cops. Cross, Halleck, and Sanford were there representing the crooks. When Kramer saw Gloria, he scowled first at her and then at Wolf. So what was the slick
6: one after all, Wolf? You didn't have the girl. You had no intention of producing her.
3: Please, Mr. Kramer, that can wait. There are other matters more important. I dine at eight. That leaves me one hour to solve your murders.
6: Murders? More than one? Yes, two. Elmer Rodman. By heaven, good one! if you... Please,
3: Mr. Kramer, not now. First, Miss Kent. Good evening, Miss Kent. I presume you have met these gentlemen, Cross, Halleck, and Sanford.
1: I... I...
3: Here, I'll take your purse, please.
1: But why? I...
3: Don't think me as naive as Mr. Goodwin, miss. When you left your home after the murder of your father, you took the map and letters with you. They're in your purse now.
1: But that's not true.
3: Archie, the purse. Thank you. We have here an interesting situation. There exist some old letters and map, forged and fraudulent. But they're worth $10,000 and more to Cross and Halleck, and worth two murders to a killer. Why? There must be something of great value in the letters.
6: Yes, such as?
3: Something which Mr. Sanford could not see, although he worked on the document closely. Yet, something which could be made manifest. What is the answer, Miss Kent? You know it. I swear I don't. Secret writing, Archie. Bring me the chafing dish from the dining room.
5: Right. Secret writing?
7: I saw nothing when I worked on the papers.
3: Naturally, Mr. Sanford. The writing is invisible, but heat is an agent. Makes most forms of secret writing visible.
5: The chafing dish, Bob.
3: That's not the chafing dish,
7: Archie.
3: I've probably told you 10 times. Thank you, Archie. Place it before me, and light it. Right. Now, I open Miss Kent's purse. From it, you see, I withdraw these ancient letters, which she took from her house after her father's murder.
1: That's not true.
3: Archie.
5: That's enough, Gloria, that's enough. From now on, you just listen.
3: We remove the letters from the envelope, and toast them gently. Secret ink, Vintage 1851, will easily succumb to the agency of heat.
4: Careful, those envelopes catch fire. Hey, 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 they pot!
3: Don't be upset, Mr. Cross, Mr. Halleck.
4: <clears throat> the envelopes!
3: They will burn safely in the dish. We can concentrate on the writing. Watch closely. I don't want to be accused of trickery.
4: You fat fool. The envelopes are everything. Put them out, Papa. Don't sit there. Put them out.
3: Why, Mr. Halleck?
4: Well, the steps.
3: The missionaries, they're worth a fortune. The missionaries, of course. You know that. Mr. Cross knows. So does Mr. Sanford, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course Sanford knows, you old
4: fool. Let
3: me... Mr. Sanford is not alarmed. Why not, sir?
7: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Fifty or a hundred thousand dollars are burning before your eyes, Mr. Sanford. Cross and Halleck are burning their fingers, putting out the flaming envelopes. And you sit there quite indifferently. Why? Well, I. Uh, you know the value of the missionary stamps on the letters you bought from Rodman, but you know these aren't the real letters. Isn't that it?
4: Not the real letters?
3: I
7: told you I'm tough to crack, Wolf. You don't fool me with those
3: dummies. Dummies? How do you know? Mr. Cross didn't know. Mr. Halleck didn't know. How did you? Well, I. Uh, I'll tell you, sir. Only one man could know I was framing Miss Kent as a decoy. Only one man could know I prepared these dummy letters and pretended to take them from her purse. And that is the killer. The man who murdered her father and stole the map and letters this morning. You, sir, Mr. Sanford. Well, I'll be. Mr. Kramer, there's your killer. You'll find the missing map and letters on him or concealed in his home or office. You won't need the evidence anyway. Look at his face. He self-confessed.
5: Self-confessed? Like fun? Uh, he was booby-trapped.
3: No, Mr. Kramer. Not a complicated case, really. Very simple. Elmer Rodman sold a packet of old family letters to the swindlers for a small sum. They used the letters to perpetrate their fraud on Miss Kent's father.
1: And the stamps on the letters were valuable?
3: They were a special Hawaiian issue, 1851, Miss Kent. Nicknamed missionaries because missionaries use them for writing home. They're extremely rare stamps worth upward of $25,000 each.
6: Hey, no
3: wonder they were worth two mortars. We found five of them on Sanford. Excellent. Somewhere or other, Rodman discovered the value of the stamps after he sold the letters. In his effort to get them back, he communicated his discovery to the swindlers Cross, Halleck, and Sanford.
5: So that's why they refunded the money so fast. Precisely.
3: In an effort to have the sale rescinded, Rodman sought out Kent and tried to convince him of the fraud. Alas, he would not listen to the truth, Mr. Kramer.
6: Oh, I get it. And while the others were hassling around, Sanford tried to steal a march and quietly resorted to murder. And there you have it.
5: (laughs) Ha ha! A Great job, boss. Great job. So Gloria not only gets her ten grand back, but, uh... Five times twenty-five, which is about a hundred and twenty-five thousand worth of goodies. Now, figuring your rate by the hour, which means you've done a gratis job worth about, um... Miss
3: Kent, I did not, nor will I demand a large fee for what I have done. I will not go back on my word, but I can beg for a favor.
1: I'll only be too happy to... Wait,
3: wait, wait. I ask something that will not be easy to grant. What is it? Will you use your red hair, your pretty face, your admirable figure and your ample fortune to lure Mr. Goodwin away from this house tonight, I would like to enjoy my dinner in peace.
1: (laughs) That won't be difficult, Mr. (laughs) Wolfe.
5: All right, now let's have an understanding right now, Gloria. Difficult for
3: you or for me?
1: I'll be delighted.
3: (laughs) Indeed. To spend an evening with Mr. Goodwin, there is only one word for you, Miss Kent. Intrepid. (laughs) Intrepid.
4: you a Wolf, starring Pete Lutz as Wolf. Tonight's story by Alfred Bester was based on the famous characters created by Rex Stout, directed by Pete Lutz. In the cast were Ken Yarborough as Archie, Eileen Corpus as Gloria, Micah Blaine as Rodman, Nora Estella Gutierrez as Cross, Lisa Espinosa as Halleck. Jean Giggy as Sanford. Jason D. Johnson as Inspector Kramer. <laughs> Your announcer was Tamara Merson Red. Music was performed by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. <laughs> Next week, at this same time, Nera Wolf and Archie will bring you The Case of the Careworn Cuff. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. The chimes ring for Dennis Day and Judy Canova tomorrow night on NBC. Also, Judy Canova prepares to go operatic tomorrow because her special guest is Itzio
2: Well, thank you very much to the Narada Radio Company and Pete Lutz for our opening performance of Sonic Summerstock 2018. Be with us next week as we welcome a new company to the Sonic Summerstock stage presenting an old favourite. Until then, I'm David Alt. Thank you, and good night. And that's this week's performance for the 2018 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters, and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. The Playhouse theme was written and performed by Sharon B. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night.
3: This is Pete Lutz. This presentation is lovingly dedicated to the memory of Bill Holweg, and to those who are working hard to keep his memory alive, the Amigos.
7: This has been an
3: Electric Vicuna production.